Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers-Brown. The title of today's broadcast is The Coming Antichrist, Islamic or Jewish? That's a good question, and the answer to it is yes. Hang in here while I explain something you probably have not heard before. Today's broadcast is about identifying the soon-coming Antichrist who will appear at the start of the time of trouble. This time period is laid out for us by Yeshua, starting in Matthew 24:15, when the Antichrist desolates or destroys the altar at the halfway mark through the tribulation period. This destruction marks the start of Jacob's trouble. We must properly identify who will destroy the coming temple's altar so we will know the enemy. In a battle, an improperly identified enemy can result in your own destruction and this coming Antichrist that desolates the altar will be coming to kill everyone who refuses to convert to his religion. However, there is complication in identifying him. Yeshua spoke about this time period in Matthew 24, starting at verse 15. When, therefore, you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take out the things that are in his house. Let him who is in the field not return back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are with child and to nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your flight will not be in the winter nor on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such has it not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, nor ever will be. Unless those days had been shortened, no flesh would have been saved, but for the sake of the chosen ones, those days will be shortened. The entire tribulation is seven years. Let's read that in Daniel 9.27. He will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. In the middle of the week he will cause the sacrifice and the offering to cease. On the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, and even in the full, to the full end, and that determined, wrath will be poured out on the desolate. The word for week is Shabua, meaning a week of years, or seven years. Yeshua told the disciples the tribulation has two parts sorrows and tribulation the greek word for tribulation is strong's g2347 flipsis another way to translate it is trouble let's look at the first half of the shabua the week that is coming matthew 24 4 
Yeshua answered them, Be careful that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will lead many astray. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you aren't troubled, for all this must happen. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, plagues, and earthquakes in various places. But all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to oppression and will kill you. You will be hated by all of the nations for my name's sake. Then many will stumble and will deliver up one another and will hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will lead many astray. Because iniquity will be multiplied, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end, the same will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world for a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 8 says this time period is the beginning of sorrows. Another way to translate the Greek word Odin, Strong's G5604, is birth pains. Some translations use this term rather than sorrows. The reason for explaining this is because we need to begin using proper terminology so we can identify what will happen in each of the three and a half years. Now I realize you probably have never heard this before, so continue with me while I explain. Jacob's trouble is the time period referred to as the Great Tribulation. Because Yeshua said the words Great Tribulation in verse 21. But he also spoke of sorrows in verse 8. He divides the two time periods with verse 14 speaking about the gospel being preached to the whole world during this time of sorrows it will be the two witnesses who accomplished this from Jerusalem according to Revelation 11 the time period I am speaking of today is the second half of the Shabuah the week starting in Matthew 24:15. This time period begins with the destruction of the altar. Someone will destroy the altar. Back to Daniel 9.27. Since this is what Yeshua referred to. Daniel 9.27 says, He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. In the middle of the week, he will cause the sacrifice and the offering to cease. On the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, and even to the full end. And that determined, wrath will be poured out on the desolate. Let's concentrate on just the first sentence. Someone called he will make firm the covenant. The words make firm in English is the singular Hebrew word gabar, Strong's H1396. It also means to prevail. 
This same word is used in 1 Chronicles 5.2 when we are told that Judah prevailed over Joseph. 1 Chronicles 5.2 For Judah prevailed above his brothers, and from him came the prince, but the birthright was Joseph's. Jacob's sorrows has to do with Judah prevailing over Joseph. Do you see this? There will be someone called he in the first sentence of Daniel 9.27 who confirms or strengthens the covenant. Now Daniel was writing this and Daniel was in Babylon because the Jewish people were exiled for disobedience to the law of Moses. So which covenant will be strengthened? The law, but not just any law because this particular he will be Jewish from the tribe of Judah. There is a Jewish Antichrist coming. He will confirm or strengthen the Jewish Talmud, Jewish law, along with all of its Kabbalistic mysticism. This is because the Jews believe they have the right and authority to add to, take away from, and generally change Yahweh's words. Because a righteous man can nullify God's word according to the Talmud. The Talmud says in Moed Katan 16b, Rabbi Abahu said, This is what the verse is saying. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me, although I rule over man, who rules over me? Now, this is God speaking. God says, although I rule over man, who rules over me? God asks. It is a righteous person, a tzaddik. How is it possible to say that a righteous person rules over God, as it were? Now, this is all coming from the Talmud, Moed Katan 16b. How is it possible to say that a righteous person rules over God, as it were? The answer is, as I, God, issue a decree and the righteous person nullifies it. Thus, the covenant that will be confirmed or strengthened or that will prevail over Joseph will be a Jewish one. It will be Judaism, Judah prevailing, strengthening Judaism on the world from Jerusalem. Mystery Babylon. So now, let's identify who will destroy the altar that the Jewish Antichrist sets up. I said this is complicated earlier. This is only true insofar as that Christians have been taught that Daniel 9.27 speaks of only one Antichrist. According to Christian eschatology, the same Antichrist that strengthens, confirms, and prevails over the covenant is the same one that will destroy it.
So what are we to believe? That the Jewish Antichrist gets mad one day and destroys the very altar that represents Judaism's authority on the earth? No. Daniel 9.27 has two Antichrists. One for each period Yeshua spoke about in Matthew 24. Under the auspices of Judaism and the functioning altar of Matthew 24, verses 3 to 14, Yeshua's people, Yeshua's believers, will be persecuted and killed by the Jews. Then another Antichrist comes to destroy the altar, and he will continue persecuting and continuing all people globally not just believers in Yeshua who will this be may ask do you think there are any Muslims who will be ticked off that the Jews are operating a temple and altar on Temple Mount yes there will be constant battle and chaos over it Temple Mount likely will be under military watch constantly, even more than it is now. Right now, there is Temple Mount police that governs, but in the future, it is probable that the army will be involved in protecting it. And during this time, the two witnesses will be giving their testimony of Yeshua being televised around the world so every ear can hear the gospel for three and a half years and see the miracles of the two witnesses. There will probably also continue to be skirmishes in the West Bank and elsewhere in Israel. There will be chaos. And Muslims will hate what is going on. But Yahweh Yeshua will be protecting Jerusalem, Mystery Babylon, and the two witnesses through the powers given to them by him when their testimony is over the beast from the abyss will kill them according to revelation 11:7 and we will see this same beast from the abyss destroy jerusalem in revelation 17 verses 7 and 8 the trouble the world has been experiencing to this point will now increase under another Antichrist that kills the two witnesses and destroys the altar. He is the one that Daniel 9.27 says, On the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, and even to the full end, and that determined, wrath will be poured out on the desolate. On the wing of abominations is a reference to the first Jewish Antichrist whose entire reign has been abominable to Yahweh because he will have sat on Yahweh's throne showing himself to be God. 2 Thessalonians 2.4 Because this Jewish man will show himself to be God in the flesh. That's what he will be saying folks. That he's God in the flesh. Something that the Jews will not put up with us regarding Yeshua. Yahweh will now have to take action to remove this Jewish man. One, 
according to Daniel 9.27, or someone will come who will desolate the altar over which this Jewish man Messiah will have strengthened or have prevailed over the covenant. And this one will continue to the full end. In other words, he will finish up the Shabuah, the seven-year tribulation, with its first half of sorrows and its second half of trouble. The first half is Israelite brother against Israelite brother, the house of Judah against the house of Israel. The second half is Esau against Jacob. This is the difference between the two halves of the seven-year period. This coming Antichrist, also called Beast, will be Islamic. Because that is where Esau has been hiding behind Ishmael's skirts waiting for his chance to jump out and strike Jacob. The history of Islam's Edomites and Ishmaelites against Judaism's and Christianity's Israelites has not been pretty. Well, it's about to get revved up. What has happened in history will look like child's play. The debate then is which Islamic sect and leader will rise as the Islamic Antichrist. This leader may or may not be alive today, but he can be identified as the leader of one of two Islamic sects, Sunni or Shiite. Both of these sects desire to set up a new caliphate, It will be this Antichrist that starts the time of Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation, halfway through the Shabuah, the week of Daniel 9.27. The choices are Turkey and Iran. Let's see if we can identify from Scripture, history, and today's news which one it is. First, let's define a caliphate. A caliphate is a religious authority over a grouping of nations that does not have governing authority over those nations. A caliph is the man who runs the caliphate. Now, we should be able to understand this concept from the Roman Empire after the fall of the government of Rome to the Visigoths. After the Roman government fell and the empire's governing authority was dismantled, Rome's religious authority remained. The book of Daniel will prove to us from which nation this caliphate will arrive. Because we will see it in the news and from history too. Now some say that Turkey will rise again under President Erdogan. Well, let's look at that starting with something people are finding alarming about Turkey. 
It appears there may be a resurrection of Turkey as the new caliphate in the offing and that Turkey's president Erdogan may be the Antichrist. This is because some things have happened in recent years to indicate this could be the case. So, starting with the most recent this past week, let's take a look. The Turks completed the transformation of the Hagia Sophia Museum, formerly a Byzantine church, into a mosque. The move appears to Christians to be designed to show Turkey's rising authority as a caliphate. According to MiddleEastEye.com, the move heightens Erdogan's popularity with his core Islamic supporters at a time when the coronavirus pandemic is hitting Turkey's struggling economy hard and provides a welcome distraction. And Erdogan is asserting that Turkey will actively seek a new world order in which it has influence and authority commensurate with its civilizational status and modern day achievements according to Arab news. Turkey is also at war in Libya, a situation that arose just last year. Turkey created a military and maritime deal with Libya, Ankara and Tripoli. Turkey and Libya, signed the agreement so Turkey can do gas and oil drilling in its mutually held waters with Libya, and at the same time they created a military treaty between them, an exchange, you get to drill if you come help me fight this war. The odd thing about Turkey and Libya's maritime agreement is that no one in the world ever thought these two nations shared a mutual maritime border, but lo and behold, they do. That is, if no Mediterranean islands stand in the way between them, until they created this new maritime agreement, few realized the two countries had such a maritime border because the Greek island of Crete was in the way. But you see, Turkey does not regard islands as having economic exclusivity stretching up to 200 miles beyond territorial waters. Thus, Turkey thinks its maritime border stretches all the way to Tripoli. Tripoli, Libya's capital, now shares this view, even though the administration clutching to power in the Libyan capital controls much less than half of territorial Libya at present and not even the bit of Mediterranean coastline used to justify the claim. At the time of this cartographic surprise, some speculated that Turkey wanted to annoy Greece yet again in order to claim that it regards as its share of potential lucrative natural gas reserves at the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. And merely annoy Greece is not exactly the idea either. Turkey is threatening war with Greece. Greek and Turkish fighter jets engaged in mock dogfights this week over the Greek island of Castellorizo.
just a mile and a half from the Turkish coast, causing tourists to flee. Greece, it seems, is rattled, as is everyone else, over Turkey conscripting the Hagia Sophia Museum to be a mosque. Thus, the two nations are also word-fighting in the airwaves and dog-fighting in the skies. Second, Turkey's military agreement with Libya was created so that Turkey could enter Libya's civil war. Turkey's presence in Libya is a threat to the U.S. and one which allows Russia to also threaten U.S. forces in a territory other than Syria. According to Bloomberg, Russia has a big strategy in mind for Libya and Africa. This brings us to Daniel 11 verses 40 to 45 which tells us that the king of the north will attack Libya and the North African nations. Now Russia and Turkey have been leaning toward each other for a few years but Russia has an alliance with Iran that has greater weight than the Russia-Turkey cooperation going on in Syria. It is these activities plus the fact that Russia has been an enemy of Israel ever since the Gaza Freedom Flotilla of 2012 that makes people think Turkey is rising as the next caliphate and will bring the Islamic Antichrist. Relations between the countries have always been rocky, but Turkey completely severed relations with Israel after the incident on the Mabi Marmara, a Turkish-built passenger ship that was used by Turkish militants in favor of the Gazans and the Freedom Flotilla. Israel boarded the ship and some of those Turks, who were not civilian passengers, were killed. Now, Israel has since paid Turkey restitution for the Turkish lives lost, but that has not made relations better. The fact is that Turkey wants to occupy Jerusalem again, just like it did before the Ottoman Empire was dismantled on November 1st, 1922. Turkey is viewed as an existential threat to Israel by some people, and Turkey is a threat to Israel. Turkey is also a threat to NATO, to which it belongs, and the United States. Turkey has not been much of an ally to the U.S. over the years and has even threatened to close the U.S.'s use of its Incirlik base for fighter jets to fly over Syria. So Turkey is making unilateral moves attempting to revive the Ottoman Empire and people are right to be concerned. But we have to look at who Israel thinks is more of an existential threat to them, Turkey or Iran. Well, Israel believes Iran is the existential threat for anyone, mostly Bible prophecy watchers, to assert that Israel doesn't know what it is talking about is absurd. 
Yet this is exactly what some people are doing when they claim that Turkey, not Iran, is Israel's real existential threat. Turkey is an existential threat to Greece, though. Daniel 11 is the chapter on the kings of the north and south. In that chapter, there are only two kings of the north, even though there are four king of the north incidents. Only three of these have transpired. The fourth one, starting in Daniel 11.40, is yet to be fulfilled. The first king of the north is Persian. The next two are Greek. The fourth king of the north is unspecified, but if we follow the pattern in Daniel 11, we will see that there are only two choices. The next king of the north will either be Persian or Greek. Erdogan somehow understands this. It's probably subconscious and in his DNA that he feels the need to be at war with the Greeks. But Erdogan has a problem. He's not Persian. The Iranians, however, are. Plus, which one, the Persians, Iran, or Greece, is most likely to rise today? We will need to look very closely at Daniel 11:40 to 45 for more information. It may look as if the Ottoman Empire beast is about to rise again, but the Bible says that what will rise next is Mystery Babylon, not an Islamic caliphate. Mystery Babylon Jerusalem will fulfill Yeshua's words in Matthew 24 verses 3 to 14 about Jacob's sorrows. Hang in here with me because I will show you this from scripture and history. Let's go to Daniel 7 to learn about a particular beast, Daniel's fourth beast. There have been ten major caliphates that correspond to Daniel 7's ten horns on the iron beast. Daniel also says that an eleventh horn is coming. Daniel 7, 7 and 8. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, there was a fourth beast, awesome and powerful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with its feet. It was different than all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes, like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Verse 8 describes exactly what happened in Islam from the time Muhammad died. Islam split into two factions, the Sunnis and Shiites, which have had war with each other over the rightful succession of authority after Muhammad ever since. Each tried to produce caliphates with only one faction succeeding consistently, the Sunnis.
Islam has been in the throes of civil war between the Sunnis and Shiites ever since. It is this civil war that will play out in Daniel's prophecy about the coming king of the north. Either Turkey or Iran will be the king of the north and the other will make trouble for him. Let's see if we can unravel which is which. Will it be a revived Turkish Ottoman Empire or will the 11th Little Horn finally create a Shiite caliphate that will be the last caliphate that Islam ever sees? In the history of Islam, all of the 10 prior caliphates have been Sunni. Daniel prophesied about the ten horns saying that three of them were plucked up, Daniel 7-8. Three times in the almost 1400 year history of Islam, Shiites fought the Sunnis and won only to quickly have the Sunnis somehow snatch the caliphate authority away from the Shiites. Daniel's ten horns are the ten major Islamic caliphates with some sub-caliphates in between. They are not Roman emperors as some think. There are too many ways that people configure ten Roman emperors from the 70 that ruled over Rome. There is no clear way to determine which ten belong on Daniel's ten horns. But the ten major Islamic caliphates are a simple and clean list that perfectly fits Daniel 7-8. And you know, Yahweh is precise. The feet of Daniel's Nebuchadnezzar statue have ten toes. Daniel 2 verses 41 and 42. These correspond to the ten horns. The ten Islamic caliphates collectively ruled Jerusalem longer than any other empire, including Egypt, and will rule over Jerusalem again for a short time. Here again we see that Islamic history verifies Daniel's prophecy. But we will need more scriptural verification to understand which sect of Islam will arise to attack Israel, Turkey or Iran. Let's read Daniel 11:40-45. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over he shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown but these shall escape out of his hand even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon He shall stretch forth his hand upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. 
But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Now let's unravel. The countries and the many countries of verses 40 to 42 includes among them Saudi Arabia that will be overthrown. I mention this here because this one is an important piece of the puzzle. The glorious land, of course, is Israel. Part of our understanding will come from knowing the geography of the Middle East. Iran's 4 plus 2 coalition lies between Turkey and Israel. The 4 plus 2 coalition used to be 4 plus 1. But with the recent addition of China as a military ally with Iran, the 4 plus 1 has now become 4 plus 2. The four are Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Hezbollah in Lebanon. These four are the only Shiite-led nations on earth. All the other Islamic nations that claim to be religious states are Sunni. The plus two are Russia and now China. These are not only a direct and powerful threat to Israel, but these are also a direct and powerful threat to the U.S. and its Western allies. Now let's continue to, t- to see Turkey's role in causing global war because what people are seeing, what they are feeling and understanding is that Turkey will cause global war. But it will do so without having gotten the chance to revive the Ottoman Empire. Daniel 11.44 says, But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. Another of Turkey's recent moves plays into verse 44. Turkey has been busy not only in Libya and Syria and threatening Greece with war, but in the eastern or east of the Middle East, Sunni nations forging a new alliance with those Sunni nations. Clearly, Erdogan has expansionist plans for Turkey, which include resurrecting the Ottoman Empire under his authority as the caliph of the caliphate. Our job is to figure out if he can get that done. Daniel 11.44 tells us that the nations to the east and north of the Iranian 4 plus 2 coalition will begin to trouble the king of the north. Remember that Turkey is north of Iran's 4 plus 2 coalition. The prophecy is about nations to the east and the north making trouble for the king of the north. 
keep this puzzle piece in mind for a few minutes while I go over this very slowly and may even repeat myself. I know how much of a paradigm shift this takes. Daniel eleven forty to 45 prophesies a war between two kings, one from the north and one from the south. Many configurations of these kings is floating around on the internet. Some say the king of the north is Rome. Some say the king of the north is Europe. Some say it is Turkey. Some even say it is Russia. Look at the map. I'm going to put the picture of the map in the podcast. Which nation is directly north of the 4 plus 2 coalition? Not north of Iran. North of the coalition. Turkey. Half of Turkey's border sits on the 4 plus 2 coalition of Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Hezbollah. This coalition is also directly north of Israel, or should I say, directly south of the 4 plus 2 coalition. Watch the news. Who is aggravated with Israel? Turkey or Iran? Iran. Turkey is angry with Israel, but has not been consistently threatening Israel the way Iran does. Yes, Turkey threatened to wipe out the Jews in 2017. The country making consistent threats is Iran. Israel is already at war with the 4 plus 2 coalition, but is not at war with Turkey. Is Turkey aggravated with Israel? Yes. Is Europe aggravated with Israel? Yes. But look at the map and the military strength of these entities. Who has more power, Europe or the 4 plus 2 coalition? Turkey or the 4 plus 2 coalition? Russia? Russia is part of the 4 plus 2 coalition. Who has the military strength and power in the Middle East now? The 4 plus 2 coalition. And this coalition is led by the remnant of the Persian Empire, Iran. The king of the north could not be identified until this time period. We can now see who has the power to overrun Israel, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Libya, and the other countries in North Africa. This will be a quick operation requiring great firepower that Turkey simply does not have, nor does Europe. But the 4 plus 2 coalition certainly does. The 4 plus 2 coalition attack will wipe out Ephraim from Damascus too, which will fulfill that prophecy of Isaiah 17.3. The U.S. put a military base in Israel's Negev desert in 2017. U.S. military operations in Syria, Iraq, and Israel will be destroyed. 
Now, let's talk about the king of the south that the king of the north will attack. In the Daniel 11:44 prophecy, the king of the north will have already conquered the areas of the southern Middle East. After conquering Israel and its Sunni nation allies, the king of the south of the southern Middle East, the nations to the east of the 4+2 coalition, after its southward sweep, will include Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar, the UAE, and Oman. These nations will now be east of the 4+2 coalition. They are not east of the 4+2 coalition now. They will be after the king of the north comp- conquers the king of the south which is Israel and its Sunni allies. Turkey, which is north of the 4+2 coalition, will rally these eastern Middle East allies along with some other nations like Malaysia against the newly formed Shiite caliphate. Turkey will think the Sunnis can once again snatch away the caliphate from the Shiites for the fourth time. The world will truly be in danger of all-out nuclear war at this point because China, Iran's ally, is a nuclear nation. And as you know, Russia is and Iran is, contrary to what the news says. And here is what needs to be understood. It is the King of the North War that starts the second half of the seven-year tribulation also known as Jacob's trouble also known as the great tribulation Daniel's fourth beast in chapter 7 verse 8 corresponds to John's revelation 17:7 beast that destroys Jerusalem Revelation 17:7 The angel said to me why do you wonder I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her which has the seven heads and the 10 horns How many heads does Daniel's fourth beast have Daniel does not say but what he does say is that his fourth beast has 10 horns The nature of this beast is different from all the other beasts of Daniel because of its iron teeth and its destructiveness. Now, why does this revelation beast come out of the abyss? Because it was put away for a time on November 1st, 1922 when the Ottoman Empire was dismantled. Revelation 17 verse 8 says the beast that you saw was yes this beast was it was the 10 caliphates that ruled over Jerusalem for over 1300 years until it was dismantled as a condition of World War 1 and in John's time this beast was not yet It was still in the future long after John died. Revelation 17:8.
and is not. Not in John's time. Revelation 17.8 then says, And is about to come up out of the abyss. This Islamic beast must return, as Daniel 7.8's little horn. It has eyes and a mouth like a man. This horn is specific. The other ten horns do not have eyes and a mouth that speaks great things. But this one does. It can speak because this beast is the Antichrist empire of the second half of the seven year tribulation period. And it's Antichrist sees and speaks. When it comes up out of the abyss in Revelation 11.7, its first act is to destroy Yahweh's righteous two witnesses to get them out of the way. See, this beast in Revelation 17.8 is the same beast that will attack and kill the two witnesses. Both scriptures speak of this as the beast that comes out of the abyss. Iran, ancient Persia, is largely comprised of Esau's grandson Amalek's descendants. Amalek's tactic been to attack when Israel is weak. This is why Deuteronomy 25 says we are to kill them in every generation, something that we have not done for the last 3,500 years. Deuteronomy 25:17. Remember what Amalek did to you, by the way, as you came out of Egypt. How he met you, by the way, and struck the rearmost of you, all who were feeble behind you, when you were faint and weary, and he didn't fear God. Therefore it shall be when Yahweh your God has given you rest from all your enemies all around, in the land which Yahweh your God gives you for an inheritance to possess it that you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sky you shall not forget Turkey is not Persian nor is Turkey Amalek but Iran is both so Iran Amalek, the 4 plus 2 coalition, will see its opportunity with the two witnesses and will strike, passing through all the Sunni nations in the southern Middle East and North Africa, it will be striking the king of the south. In recent years, Israel and the Sunni nations in and around the Middle East have begun warming up to Israel and have formed an unofficial alliance of Sunni nations with Israel directly south of the 4 plus 2 King of the North coalition. Iran and Saudi Arabia hate each other. Iran is Shiite and wants to rule the world under a Shiite caliphate. But Saudi Arabia controls the two most prized cities in Islam, Mecca and Medina. The Shiites want that territory. How do I know? Well, Iran's proxy military, the Houthis in Yemen, which makes up 75% of Saudi Arabia's southern border, keeps lobbing missiles at these two cities. The Shiites want 
to wrest control of these cities from Sunni control because he who controls the real estate controls Islam. It isn't about Istanbul, formerly Constantinople, the capital of the Ottoman Empire anymore. Yahweh has refocused Islam's attention on Mecca, Medina, and Jerusalem. Daniel 11.40 says, At the time of the end, the king of the south will contend with him, and the king of the north will come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, with horsemen, and with many ships. He will enter into the countries and will overflow and pass through. The countries include Saudi Arabia and a bunch of countries that did not exist during Bible times, like Algeria, Morocco, Sudan, and Somalia just to name a few Daniel 11:41 says he the king of the north will also enter into the glorious land Israel and many countries will be overthrown but these will be delivered out of his hand Edom Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon Edom, Moab, and Ammon are Jordan territories. And it just so happens that Route 15 runs through Syria, across Jordan's border with Syria, and south into Ammon, the capital, then turns southeast and travels right straight through to Mecca and Medina. South of there, south of Ammon, is the wilderness and desert where the Israelites stayed for 42 years in the first exodus and is the same place where the woman will be protected during this time period. But then something will happen to enrage the king of the north, which I've already talked about. The eastern Sunni nations that have not been attacked by the 4 plus 2 coalition yet and the nation to the 4 plus 2's north, Turkey, will begin to make plans for war against the new Shiite caliphate being now run from inside Israel's territory where the king of the north's tent has stretched from the seas to the glorious mountain. Daniel 11.45 And he shall plant the tabernacles or the tents of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. What are the seas that Iran will control at that time? Well here's a list. Israel's internal seas the Galilee and the Dead Sea and the Red Sea that stretches between Israel and Jordan along with the other finger that stretches between Egypt and Israel along with the main body of the Red Sea that stretches between North Africa and Saudi Arabia. Iran, the 4 plus 2 coalition, will control the Suez Canal and the waters of the Mediterranean all the way up the coast. Daniel 11.44 says, But news out of the east and out of the north will trouble him, and he will go out with great fury to destroy and to utterly sweep away many. 
The king of the north will go out to destroy and to utterly sweep away many. That word destroy is shamad. Shamad means to overthrow. Overthrow what or who? Turkey and the other Sunni nations preparing for war against Iran and the 4 plus 2 coalition to take the caliphate from them again as was done three previous times in Islam's history. Thus it will be Turkey who causes global war unlike anything ever seen before or that was seen in the first half of the tribulation called Jacob's sorrows. But Iran will go out to do something to other people too who are not Islamic. It is utterly make away and that word is haram. Haram means to devote for religious destruction. By the way, haram in Arabic means forbidden by Islamic law. Eating pig is haram, forbidden to eat under Islamic law. Drinking alcohol and adoption are also haram. These are just some examples of haram. It is interesting that the Hebrew word for the destruction of people for religious reasons is the same word for forbidden in Islam. The idea behind it is that infidels who do not convert to Islam will be killed because infidels are forbidden in Islam and since this Shiite king of the north plans to rule the entire world no infidels will be allowed to live worldwide. If Yeshua does not come to stop this everyone will die including the elect. The persecution of unbelievers under Islam will be far worse in the second half of the seven year tribulation than the persecution of Christians, Messianic Jews and Hebrew roots believers in the first half. This war, the king of the north war with the king of the south is prophesied in Daniel, Matthew 24, and the book of Revelation as being the second half of the seven-year period commonly called the Tribulation. Again, Turkey does not have the resources to fulfill this mission, but Iran and Russia do. Add China to this alliance and now you can see that Turkey is not the imminent and existential threat to Israel. Iran with its 4 plus 1 coalition, actually now the 4 plus 2 coalition, remains the threat. Again, Iran's Shiite coalition, which is the only grouping of Shiite nations in the Middle East, is Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Hezbollah, and the plus two is Russia and China. A much deadlier combination than Turkey, who is acting alone right now and who later will ally with Qatar, Oman, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Kuwait on the eastern edge of the Middle East, 
It will be Iran, the Shiites, and the four plus two king of the north coalition who will bring the Islamic Antichrist, not Turkey or President Erdogan. The answer to the title question, the coming Antichrist, Islamic or Jewish, is yes to both a Jewish and an Islamic Antichrist. Both are dangerous, but praise Yahweh, both will be stopped before it is too late. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.